it's really no more difficult than how you would treat your neighbor, you know. And again, I, a small town guy grew up in a small town, and you know, you you learned how to treat your neighbor along the way. Uh, you never take somebody for granted, or take advantage of somebody, and I think that's the way you you approach your sponsorships. And um, I hope I'm able to. Welcome to the UND Greyhound Guide, the only show of its kind where we give you unparalleled access to the University of Indianapolis Sport Management Program, which is located within the amateur sports capital of the world. Through the voices of students, alumni, and even professors, listeners will gain information that can't be received by visiting a website or even touring a campus. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on all things sport management. I am your host, Cody McCullough. So for today's episode, we are proud to be joined by Paul Neidig. He is the ninth commissioner of the IHSAA and took the helm in 2020. Prior to this role, Mr. Neidig served as assistant commissioner for three years and also enjoyed a career that spanned more than three decades within the Evansville Vanderburg School Corporation. Thank you for taking this time to join us today and we like to start every conversation off with a fun question. So I'm curious if you were commissioner of any other league, whether it be like collegiate, professional, what league would you choose and what rule would you change? Well, that's a loaded question. And first off, I'm really happy to, to be here with you guys today in this podcast. Uh, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, when I heard you say three decades, uh, man, all of a sudden I just thought I looked and I'm old. You know, I've been around a while and, uh, you know, but still enjoying what I do every day. But, you know, um, boy, where would I want to be the commissioner of any other league? And, you know, while I can sit here and say, you know, the NCAA or the NFL or whatever, uh, the, the reality of it is I'm doing what I love to do. I'm doing what I've had an opportunity to do my whole life and, and, and work on this craft and, um, you know, I, I really don't want to be anywhere else. But, you know, one thing that I can constantly watch and, and I'm just interesting, interested for the long term is I look at the NCAA and I look at the transfer portal and I look at um, the movement of college athletes now from one program to the next. And it's it's at a greater rate than it ever has been. And while I certainly understand choice and decisions that have to be made. I wonder if we're going to look back on this time and, and think that, you know, there's also the value of commitment to program and working through adversity and those types of things. And, and I hope that we don't look back at this time and say that, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily the best move. And we have some of that in high school also. It leads into what we do. And, and people tend to put athletics in front of academics at the high school level. And I can tell you, it, it doesn't work the other way around. People need to be focused on that, that four years of high school as an education choice first. And then if they get to play on a team with their school's name on it, then that's just, that's just gravy, as they say from the South, you know, that's just a, a good thing for, for kids. And so, well, you know, I, I think I aim where I want to be, where I've chosen to be, and, and this is my dream place, uh, if, if there is one. So, 
I don't want to, and I mean, I don't, I don't even have the knowledge to, to look inside of those organizations to find out what those decisions need to be or what they are, because it's just not where I've spent my time. I know what you're saying about the transfer portal, though. You'll be watching ESPN nowadays, and the ticker at the bottom is like every third one's a transfer. That's right. You know, and I, it, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm a small town guy from a small high school, and you know, where I went to school, if you ran into something that wasn't um, the best, you had to figure out how to make it better. You know, but um, and that's where I think there was a lot of lessons to be learned. In dealing with adversity along the way and trying to figure some things out and again i'm really not trying to be critical of the system because i'm not in their shoes i don't make that those choices but i often wonder if it's going to be the best move um, long term uh, for athletics so when i reached out to you uh, i had actually had the idea to try uh, to contact you after i watched the i watched the lawrence north state championship through the ihsaa live feed um, and I had the idea, I thought it'd be cool to talk to the commissioner and I'm not going to act like I know what your duties or responsibilities entail. So I think it'd be cool if you could maybe give us an overview of what you do, whether it be like in lead up to something that large scale, like a state attorney or just like everyday responsibilities. And then I'm curious if there's something specifically that you do that would surprise that would surprise people that don't know what your tasks are. Well, certainly, you know, and uh, I would tell you that, um, you know, my duties are, you know, it, it's not, uh, it goes on way before when you see our staff or myself at a state championship. And, you know, people look out and say, man, I'd love to be down there on the floor running this event. But, you know, there are so many things that go into preparing for a state championship. And my duties are a little bit different this year and it's pandemic driven because, you know, we've had to make different level uh, decisions. We've had to make some adjustments in every tournament that we do. So that's one thing that we're constantly uh, refining, looking at, seeing if we need to make different decisions. Um, but, you know, as, as we prepare for these state tournaments, and I'm gonna say we, because uh, I really think the staff here epitomizes the, the team aspect of, of sport. We've all grown up playing sport. We were all high school athletes and some of us were collegiate athletes along the way. And, and what we do here, because we're small, uh, doesn't work unless there's a team atmosphere. And I think that's one thing that um, I, I think that people don't understand. It's not, we're not individuals out there trying to say, you know, this is my sport. This is, I'm gonna focus on my sport. And so we start really uh, at the beginning of every season and sometimes we start at the end of this season. I've already started looking at boys basketball uh, for next year to see if we need to make any adjustments, what went right in the tournament, what went wrong in the tournament. You know, and, and it starts from day one, that first game, that first practice. You're always um, managing the tournament, managing to the end of the tournament and, and this year is no different. And you know, so it, it's everything from interviews along the way to producing uh, written documents that, that get sent out to the schools. Uh, and that's all assistant commissioners that are in charge of an individual sport. And so that's the surface level stuff that we do that people see. I think the thing people will be surprised is we still operate a business here. We're a not-for-profit. Uh, we have employees that chose to work here. They came to work here and we have obligations to meet 
those employees' needs. And we have stuff that's not so glamorous, like insurance and health insurance and retirement and, you know, building maintenance and, you know, all those different things that go along with business operations are, are just day to day. You know, Sandra Walter in our office manages over 6,000 officials every year in their licensure and, and, you know, where we have officials that are able to, to officiate contests so kids can play and parents can watch, you know. So there's a whole host of things that we do along the way. We put on student leadership conferences. Uh, Carrie Sludecker and Robert Falcons do a national or a student leadership. That's the largest one day student leadership conference in the country. You know, uh, we constantly look at bylaws to see if they meet today's needs. And, you know, we do a lot of transfer cases where students have moved from one school to the other. And, you know, and one thing I'm real proud of, we do over 3000 of those every year and, and less than 1% uh, do not receive full eligibility or receive limited el or no eligibility at all. So that's, a you know, while we don't want any kid to go, um, where they're not able to participate, you also can't be transferring for primarily athletic needs along the way. So, you know, those are some things that um, are who we are. That's what we do. There's a lot of things behind the scenes uh, that people don't see, um, you know, but um, again, just thankful to be here doing what we do. So you mentioned uh, the staff there and how you're all a, a really cohesive group. Um, I remember being an undergrad and we talk about the IHSAA a lot and I looked it up and saw like how small you are. So for people who are not familiar with the, your structure, you guys are made up of 10 full-time staff at the Indianapolis based office that, you know, execute the daily operations with just 10 people. How, how do you guys complete the feats like state championships and professional venues and do like volunteers and interns help play a role for you guys? Oh, absolutely. And, and actually, we're at about 18 people right now. And okay. if you think about support staff and um, council and, you know, um, we even have to manage the mail coming out of this building. Think of that and tickets and those things. So we do have 18 people across the board and we're actually a little smaller than we ever have been uh, right now. But we do require or ask a lot of our membership in our schools to volunteer. And if you think about the enormity of this, and we'll just use the boys basketball tournament as an example. We start this boys basketball tournament with 64 host sites. And in these 64 sites, we have 64 different schools that anywhere that have anywhere from four to eight teams at them. They're coming in to play a tournament. So they've got to get gate workers and they're assigned officials and officials go work. They manage the media that comes in. So, you know, we have that aspect in the beginning. And then once we're done with that, then we, we go to our regional round and we still have 16 sites in play where we host regionals across the state. And they bring in four different schools uh, in a one day event at their facility. And again, all the ticket managers, all the supervision, the police officers, people to operate those events. And then we go to semi-state and then state finals and boys basketball. We have a crew, uh, a lot of them are volunteer or they're paid a very small stipend. Uh, of about 10 people to come in and they manage the, the teams that get in there for the first time, they get them to the locker room, 
They get them back to the locker room at halftime and post games. They manage the interviews after the games. We greet officials. We make sure officials have what they need. We also, Bankers Life staff and our Pacers, our partners are phenomenal because, you know, they have event staff that ushers that have worked our events for years and love to work our events, you know, uh, from security. It's just a, a whole host of people uh, that have to come in and do their job to make those events go off as planned uh, state tournament day. And that, that goes across all of our state championships. Every venue we go to, we've got volunteers and people that are willing to step up, help the organization, and, and, and run great tournaments for student athletes. And believe it or not, they're pretty, pretty coveted positions. I have a lot of individuals that reach out to me on an annual basis. Do you need any help? Do you need any help? Sure, we need help, and we're going to keep you on the list. But you know, once we have an opening, then we're going to bring somebody in because we just can't add everybody that wants to help along the way. But we certainly appreciate people standing in line to get their opportunity to help the association. Um, so this next question is sort of building off that uh, idea. I'm, I don't know if you know the name Mason Stanley, but she interned for you guys, I believe, last year. Um, I know Mason well. <laughs> She, she was actually on an episode last semester talking about some of her experiences. But uh, I'm curious with an organization like yours, like you said, has 18 staff uh, or 18 full-time staff, uh, are there characteristics, in your opinion, that make for a successful intern like to thrive in your environment? Because you just mentioned there are a lot of moving pieces year-round. Yeah, I mean, there are, I think. And Mason was a, Mason's incredible, was a, a great a person here, a great intern, did great work and, you know, but we're blessed with so many great interns over the years. And, you know, currently right now we don't have any interns uh, just because of the pandemic and everything that's going on. We hope to return to that program really soon. But I think the biggest thing that people have to be able to do is they've got to be able to work. Um, they got to put the time in. It, this is not a, a job that your hours are set a lot of times. You you have to get done what's in front of you, and you may be here late at night or early in the morning to get those things done. I think they have to be they have to be able to self supervise to a certain degree. They have to be able to to see tasks and understand and pick up things fast and be able to complete tasks in a timely manner. Uh, a lot of times, um, you know, when, when an intern comes in or somebody comes in, if they're waiting for somebody to tell them what to do all the time, while once you get past the news phase. Uh, the new phase, then, you know, it, it, it can be a challenge. But somebody like Mason, she never um, never hesitated for a minute to either. If she saw a need, she steps in and fills that need, or she would uh, see what else needed to be done, was always willing to work above and beyond. And I think that's the other thing in this business. You, you, Again, it's just like being on a team. You, When you're on a team and you're teammates, you got to be willing to go above and beyond to get that victory. And I think that's the kind of person, that's what we're looking for here in our interns or any employee that works here. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great place to work. It's a demanding place to work, but um, you, you've got to be um, just a great teammate first and foremost to be able to work here. So I'm assuming that as acting commissioner, you work and connect with the surrounding communities in a number of ways like whether it be through the events or gaining partners and sponsorships. Um, how do you go about forming those bonds and connections with local people and businesses and then sustaining <coughs> them and then sustaining them over time? Um, 
this is an interesting question like we've asked athletic directors at colleges and high school and we just like to touch on it sure you know i think uh, you know especially for me uh, being new uh, while i have a lot of relationships from a lifetime in this business uh, there are also new relationships and you know this last several months has been spent just getting to know the people who have, have uh, been willing to sponsor the association um, and, and we've been doing that uh, throughout this past year and they've got to get to know who i am um, what i stand for and i've got to get to know uh, their business, what their business model is and what they stand for. So it's kind of, a, you know, they've got to be comfortable with me and that I'm going to fill their business missions along the way and their sponsorships uh, and make sure it's the right fit for them. And I've got to understand what they're really focused on so I can make sure that I fulfill um, what they're looking for out of a sponsorship. And I think that's just a constant um, process. You, It's not one that you deal with on a yearly basis and you have one year meet year meeting a year with somebody and you have to constantly get to know those individuals as human beings the organizations intimately so you can always make sure that there's a, a, a great connection between your organization such as the ihsa whether it be the pacers or the colts or the fever or you know musco lighting or, or there's multiple uh, partners that we have along the um, you know, the good news is we've got a lot of great partners that are very supportive of what we do. We try to be supportive of what they do. But, you know, it, 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 it it's really no more difficult than how you would treat your neighbor. You know, and again, I, I'm a small town guy. I grew up in a small town. And, you know, you, you learned how to treat your neighbor along the way. Uh, you never take somebody for granted or take advantage of somebody. And I think that's the way you... You approach your sponsorships, and um, I hope I'm able to uh, people understand, and that's who I am as a person, and uh, I think they value that, and and we value the same characteristics and our partners along the way. I like that. Never heard that before. Comparing sponsors to treating your neighbors. It's it's, it's pretty simple, and for me, at the end of the day. Um, so we are actually down to the final question here. If a student right now is interested in trying to become the next commissioner, um, what advice would you give to them to help them along the way? Well, I, I think the thing that I like to tell people all the time, and I hope I did along the way, is I never had long-term plans. While there were things in life that I said, you know, I'd like to do someday, I, I never, I, I always felt it was very important to take care of the job that I had at that moment and do that job the best that I could. Um, and, and hopefully that if I did a good enough job, I would have an opportunity to do something else along my career. And, and that's what's happened to me throughout my career. Um, you know, while I've been blessed to be given responsibility along the way, and I hope that I've achieved uh, that with the, the, the care, the, the responsibility that I had to do those positions. But every job I've ever had, I, I wanted to make sure that I was doing the best that I could for that job. And um, many years ago, I got to be honest, when I started teaching in the classroom, uh, I didn't have a desire to be the commissioner of the IHSAA. Uh, my first desire was to teach and, and be a basketball coach along the way. And that's what I wanted to do. And I tried to do that well. 
but then other things came on the horizon and I had an opportunity to do that and you know and I hope I did those jobs justice along the way. The other thing that I've always had a strong belief in is that an organization has never owed Paul Nidig anything. Uh, the IHSA doesn't, uh, they paid me in full yesterday at the end of the day. Uh, and my duty is to the organization to do the best that I can and give it myself to make this the best place it can possibly be. And, and I'll never sit back and say, well, I paid my dues or they owe me this. It's just not ingrained in me and, and what I believe and what my family taught me along the way. It's I owe the organization and that, and that's the way that I've always tried to look at things. And so I would say, you know, if you're young and you want to do this, but it would go to any career, simply do the best job you can with the job that you have today. And if you can do that, great things will come and you'll move along the way. And, you know, if you start focusing on the job two, two times ahead or the next couple of jobs you may have, you're probably not going to be taking care of the job that you've got to do right now. And I think that's the biggest advice I would have somebody, you know, there's, there's no set path to sit in this chair. Um, I think it's just hard work, dedication, being loyal and, and trying to do the best you can at the time. Well, I got to say, if you ever decide to retire, I think you have a career in radio because of everyone I've interviewed, you have like the perfect radio voice. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, I, um, everybody asks me if I can sing every occasionally and I say, you know, it, it, it's not possible. <laughs> so, but, you know, I appreciate you guys and what you've done at University of Annapolis and your teaching uh, and, and the work that you guys have done. We've had great interns from UND and I'm sure we'll have some more here in the office. Uh, I want a lot of Mason Stanley's walking in this door and, and committing some time to the organization. And if we treat them right, we've got a great supporter out there in Mason Stanley, no matter what she does. And we've got many uh, interns out there that have worked here for the association at times. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. I wish you guys the best with your upcoming sports season i know driving home we live by greenfield high school and i see we see softball and baseball and tennis going on so i hope that goes well it's going to we've made it through this year and one thing i've told people about indiana is we are the only state in the country that started on time uh, we contested our state championships on the scheduled dates with a full complement of athletes and that's just a tribute to being here in indiana from the governor's office to to the state health department, Dr. Box, uh, Governor Holcomb, Dr. Katie Jenner. Uh, it, it's been a, a collaborative team approach, as we've talked about here today, uh, to get this state to this spot and uh, keep the light on for kids where they can put their jersey on for their local high school. And we're so happy we've been able to do this. And, and we're going to do it throughout this spring also. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks. See ya. See ya.